Hi, this is Tommy Rotimi. Um, you're listening to my podcast, and um, the title of this podcast is Ready to Wear Misconceptions. You already know who I am. I am a ready to wear guru running my business here in Nigeria, and been running exclamations as a ready to wear brand for the past 15 years. So I think I know a thing or two. Anyway, let's get right into it. Ready to wear misconceptions. I have heard so many misconceptions about running a ready-to-wear line. A lot of them have been shared with me through people who have wanted to start their ready-to-wear businesses. And um, this shows some of their fears and some of their pain points. Um, Some people also are ready-to-wear practitioners, but maybe they haven't been very successful at at it. And these are some of the excuses they give me. These are some of the, the reasons they give me um, why they haven't done well or some of the fears that they face or some of the challenges they face. So um, this is not exhausted. Um, there are still a lot of other misconceptions, but these are the ones I kind of hear the most. So if um, you have asked any of these questions or you have any of these um, opinions, um, you know, you, you, you hear my take on them. Okay. So the very first misconception is that ready to wear is easier. And this comes from people who are bespokers, who run bespoke labels. And of course, they're experiencing some of the hassles that come with bespoke. We all know, we all know what those are. You know, you have to interface with the customer. You have to, um, you know, sometimes the customer gets a bit frustrated. Sometimes you get a bit frustrated. All the frustrations that go with um, running the bespoke label. But people who run the bespoke label just ask you know what, if only I can just have a ready-to-wear line, this will make my life easier. Um, some of them have even tested it out with maybe a capsule collection and they've sold out, you know, their customers lapped it up. So they've come to the conclusion that um, ready-to-wear is easier. First of all, you are right and you're wrong. Now, it is easier for the customer to buy from you. So if you're a customer-centric, customer-focused entrepreneur, or a customer-focused brand, then this is so your spec. This is your thing. Ready-to-wear is really easier for the customer to buy, but it is not easier for the business owner. You do have more control, which is also great. It helps you create the direction for your business and for your for your um, brand. Um, you can also delegate the customer interface, which I know is a major pain point for my bespokers. Somebody else can deal with your customer. Somebody else can sell to your customer. And this does not diminish the customer experience in any way. Because really, 90% of a successful ready-to-wear experience comes from the back end. And it is how much you have invested in your processes, in your inventory, in your structures, that really determines the success of the remaining 10%, which is the actual customer walking in and buying off your shelf. So ready to wear is easier. That's a true or false. I think it's a bit of both. The misconception is quite the opposite. They say ready to wear is harder. And um, I want to say this is also a true and false. Now, it is harder for the business owner who hasn't invested in themselves and in the business. No, it is not easier. 
But even if it was, even if it was harder, first of all, let me just even say this. Even if the ready-to-wear model was harder, I don't know anybody who has died from hard work. But you know what? The the, the major aspect of ready-to-wear that gets people a bit frustrated is inventory management and forecasting. Um, I say these two things because whether or not you are running a brick and mortar store or you're running a strictly online store, these are two concepts, these are two principles, two elements that you have to deal with, inventory management and forecasting. Inventory management, because you know you, you don't know who is coming, so you have to have sizes, you have to have pieces, you actually have to have stock of the design before you can sell. And forecasting, in terms of even knowing what to design and knowing the pieces to have available, knowing when to stop designing, knowing when to, you know, um, how much of a piece to deliver at every point in time. You have to kind of predict these things. But the truth is, these two things can ruin a ready-to-wear label, but they are also skills that are perfected with experience and with time. I don't care how big or how experienced any ready-to-wear practitioner is. These are two skills that nobody has perfected. We are all still getting better at it. Some are more experienced, some have a system, but it all takes, it takes everybody time, right, to, to get a hang of it. And time you have if you're ready to start this thing small and grow it gradually. Another misconception I hear with ready-to-wear is, you don't know what cheap sells, I am just going to deliver cheap product in a great location, very accessible high street location, and I am going to have a great campaign, I'm going to get um, celebrity endorsements for my campaign, um, I'm going to get celebrities to wear my pieces. I'm going to sell my pieces cheap and I'm going to have them in a high street. You know what? Clap for yourself. You have just hit the nail on the head. You have just expressed the desire and the wish of every single ready to wear practitioner that ever liveth. Now you have joined the League of Dreamers. We are all dreaming of this perfect scenario. Sweetie Pie, you are not Zara. Except you have pockets as deep as theirs. Cheap sells, but cheap is expensive. Cheap means volume. If you want to be profitable as a mass market product, as a discounted product, then you need to be able to back up these cheap pieces with lots of volume or else it simply will not add up. Cheap minus volume is equals to what? For me, charity, slavery, you're just working for your brand. Or walking like an elephant, like my mom says, and eating like an ant. That is a prayer point we have to pray against. God, please, I will not walk like an elephant and eat like an ant. Your prices must reflect your cost and your volume. So if you don't have enough of a piece and you're selling it cheap, you are not going to be able to fully convert that to um, a profitable brand or um, a brand that is successful and viable. Another myth is that, um, you know what, I am a great designer. I get so many compliments when I wear my pieces. Everybody likes my pieces. All I need to do is produce them and have them on the rack. I know they will sell out. 
you know being a designer being innovative with design being creative that is awesome don't ever take that for granted don't belittle it please it is important however when you're running a ready-to-wear line a ready-to-wear business know this that designing is only 10% of the game the remaining 90% is invested in your structures it's in inventory management it's in staffing it's in trend forecasting it's in facility management it's in production it is marketing it is in campaigns it is in managing the entire process that's where the other 90% goes to and trust me that can make or break even the most creative brands so please go ahead and own your creative design skills but also ensure that you hire right and you also brush up your business management skills because that can make or break your brand another misconception really for this one it's really with um, existing practitioners you know most of them um, newbies people who um, have really just started in the game sell out <laughs> sell out sell out sell out sell out the greatest fear of any ready-to-wear practitioner that knows his salt is the fear of selling out of a bestseller a lot of us want to sell out but a lot of us want to sell out but we don't realize the cost of selling out selling out Selling out is important. However, selling out of a bestseller is not what we want. We want to sell out when we have sold good quantities. And we want to sell out when the design has reached its expiry product period. All right. Another misconception is <laughs> overstocking. This is not a misconception. This is really a fear. People fear overstocking a bad product overstocking a product that is not in demand now don't let that fear cripple you we all have this fear and we have all made this mistake what i would say really when it comes to overstocking is this there are ways to manage this so don't be afraid there are ways to manage overstocking there are things you can do you can introduce the product to a new market there are many things you can do so don't don't let that cripple you don't let that stop you from doing what you need to do another fear is people say I am NOT a good salesperson right so I don't think I can do this business you know what you don't need to be a good salesperson to run a ready-to-wear line right you can sell you can create a brand that sells you can create an environment that inspires selling you don't need to be a salesman to sell out just have the right brand create and grow your brand and be consistent in delivering good products your customers will find you and they will keep coming as long as you are committed to delivering good work finally my last misconception is about Nigerians they say oh Nigerians don't appreciate ready-to-wear like somebody actually used these words for me say Nigerians don't appreciate ready-to-wear they prefer to get things made specially for them now this might have been true in the past but there's a huge Nigerian movement now I even dare say that this has always been false because for as long as I can remember, Nigerians have been the most courted demographic in the UK and even in parts of the US because Nigerians spend, they buy. They buy 
and they buy well. They buy across the retail spectrum, whether it's buying from Primark, a mass market discounted brand, or buying from Macy's, a mid-market retail brand, or buying um, luxury brands, you know, like Louis Vuitton and um, Prada. We are courted across the retail spectrum because we like our fashion and we like to buy. The only reason why we haven't been buying from our Nigerian brands as much as we would like to is because we don't have enough players in the market. We don't have enough variety. We haven't made it convenient. We don't have a high street that creates experiences like they do in the more developed economies. But that is changing. I'm a ready-to-wear brand and I know many other very successful ready-to-wear brands. If you're listening to me, I'm hoping that you will be a ready-to-wear brand soon one day. And guess what? The more we are, the more of an industry we begin to create and the more of our own people will keep buying from us. Finally, if you are really thinking about starting your own ready-to-wear line, I am excited for you. I really think it's something to consider. However, before you start, I have done something for you, especially for you, with you in mind. I have put together 25 questions that you must answer before you start your ready-to-wear line. If you want to get this free checklist, click on my bio or send me an email. Send an email to tomi at tomirutimi.com and I will send you that checklist. Or click on my bio and get yourself that checklist. Answer those questions and be right on your way to creating your own ready-to-wear line. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye.